Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> okay. Where do you find a cow with no legs? Where have you left it? Oh. <laughs> That's a better Is response. That a boo, a than, boo that's a or a better moo? response. I, no, it's a moo. I was saying moo urns. <laughs> <laughs> I'd boo that. I'd boo that. Well, the, so boos don't matter so much if Laz doesn't boo. But well, on on this. So who here is a regular listening listening listener to the podcast? <laughs> It's been a long day. Okay, good. Nobody. Um, <laughs> they're, they're on their way, mate. They're so, coming. Lawrence is about to rate that joke. And yeah. if anyone would do it for us, can you write on your phone a score out of 10 that you would give that joke? And you can use decimal points because that's what he's going to do. Because we need to know how bad his scoring system is. And this is how we're going to know. So when he's given the oh, score, wow. you can all say, no, this is what I said. Okay, but well, before I score it then, can I just get a reaction again of what you thought of that joke? But no booze. We got, we got no booze. booze. No booze. Just yes. one, one solitary lonely clap. There's a guy there holding up a zero. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh, I mean, I thought it was better than a zero. Uh, of course you did. You but said it's it. not down to me. So, <laughs> all right, go on then. Nate, I never like giving you low scores. So don't. You don't need to. We're live. Yes, I know, but the people spoke. <laughs> well, they did. They didn't. Was the issue? And I think uh, I'm going to give you a four point five, mate. Oh. Ooh. There's a lot of agree. 4.1, 4.4. We've got 69 here. Oh. Six, 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 nice. Nice. Get That's out. higher than 10, though, so I can't actually accept it. Who so. went higher than 4.5 in go here? Did anyone higher than 4.5? Really? Yes. Six. Ten? Ten. Eight point three. Okay, all right. You're going on to it's a, a different ten. scale. It's a ten. Nate, here are your people. It's these three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you put your hands up again? Everybody else in here. I'm going to direct everything I say for the rest of the show at you three, and just no one else. Well, on that note, I now need to press some buttons to make <laughs> magic happen. So bear with me, because then. Oh, I missed a star, didn't I? You Never did, mind. but that's okay. That's this not music. This is a live show. Anything yeah. goes, mate. This, I mean, this is the most impressive it's ever looked. <laughs> it's pretty good. Should we do this? That's your cue. Oh, yeah, no, I know that. Oh. Thanks. Welcome, guys, to a live edition of The Paddock, the very first live edition. Yeah. Thanks very much. We should do this every single week. We should. that was an amazing response. I think maybe um, with, more than, with more than a week's notice next time might be, might be good. Yes. We don't feel a week. No, a week. 24 hours. But yeah, we should. Thanks very much. So with that in mind, thank you so much to the Mayfair Austin for putting up with us, opening two hours early to, to welcome us into your pretty cool nightclubs. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's a nightclub in there. This isn't the nightclub. Um, but admittedly, the amount of people that said, like, you're doing this in a club? Yeah. Uh, and we were trying to say no, so we're glad that you guys all found it here. Thank you. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing a load of nightlife stuff over the weekend. So if anyone has, wants some fun later, Chainsmokers are closing the weekend on Sunday. That's very cool. Um, but also a big thanks to Kota, who have helped put this on as well, because it's I don't know, really. I think they want us to keep us busy so we didn't... <laughs> write things about them exactly especially thank you to Tom Cooney he was sat there but has now probably gone to the bar has he run away but yes, well, no, Tom thank Cooney. you very much for uh, helping sorting this out and most importantly thank you to everyone here who's come along to join the show I also want to say as you guys can probably see a picture which is basically 50% of my ass. Uh, <laughs> Samuel no, mate, that's your whole ass. yeah no, that's a very accurate very accurate depiction yeah <laughs> Uh, Could have Sam- been worse, couldn't it? Samuel Cox, who I know will listen to this, uh, drew that, completely unprompted, just said, I'm going to do some artwork for a show that you haven't actually confirmed yet. And there's about eight Easter eggs on there, so if you get a closer look later, there's a lot of little hidden things he's put in. It's awesome. We spent ages trying to find them. I think there was only one that we found uh, just now before we started recording. So thank you to Sam. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I do take exception to my face on that. 
Yeah. I won't. I won't lie. Well, have you seen the? By you the way, the there's football going on. That's what that noise is. Yeah. Who cares about football? Um, yeah, it reminds me of the Cristiano Ronaldo statue. Yes. It's exactly the same as that. Same vibe. Yeah. Um, which is why uh, my wife's not here for this. She saw that and <laughs> left me. So, um, she realised that's how everyone else sees you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's, that's yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks to Sam for that. It's very cool. And that, that's basically what made us do this, to be honest. Once we had the poster, we're like, we really can't let him down. Like, because we just organise nothing, do we? No, you organise us. This is how this podcast happens, Meadows. Laz, he's fishing for a compliment. Yeah, don't, I know, and he's got it. One. He's just got it. <laughs> oh, we don't do anything. We know you did it all, mate. Come on. But no, v- you're right. Victory sit. Yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, for, so for those who don't always listen to us, that's okay. But Meadows does the editing for this show. I attempt to do a run plan. Nate delivers the joke. <laughs> I'm there as well. I'm also there. <laughs> Sometimes it's good. Actually, you've had some good jokes. So I was on a really good run. I had a 10 last week. You did, I yeah. I can't remember what the joke was, but it was a 10. No, not can I. Uh, and I think that's the high, the high point and the only point of the time so far. There's, there's one joke I do remember that's a 10 that I think would have been more than a 10 on your scoring system. Because it was early. Cha- it was years ago. We started system. this in lockdown times just to reminisce about being able to go outside. And now we're actually outside. It's amazing. But, Nate, there was the one joke. Is this the one I wrote? No. No. It. Famous artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me remember it. Um, what's, <laughs> what's. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, I want you to okay. do it. I'll do it, with the, I'll do it. I'll do it fully as well. <clears throat> what's Whitney Houston's favourite type of coordination? Hand eye. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. they've not always been bad, is basically the point. Nice. The singing was better than the joke. Yeah. <laughs> It's committed said, though. Said no, no one, one ever. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone's ever said that. There's a, there's a number of the ESPN crew here watching this, being like, he'll never do anything we ask him, <laughs> and he sits up here with half a beer in him, and he'll sing to strangers. So you can demand anything of him for the rest yeah. of the weekend, it's, guys. Yeah, like, it's all downhill now for me. I can't yeah. do anything else. Uh, speaking of the rest of the weekend, you two are far more important and popular than me. Who's been not at all? Actually, no. Let's start again. Today, you were wearing the cowboy boots. I was, yes. And now you're not. No, I had three shoe changes today. One was I was wearing cowboy boots for most of the day, but they really hurt my back, so I've taken them off for this evening. What that's okay. on your back? Can we just can yeah. we just stop and can you say that again? <laughs> say which that, bit? That sentence about taking your shoes off. That had that I took off my shoes because they were hurting your back. Yeah. And you say you're not you say you're not a diva on the show <laughs> when we do it. That's the most diva-ish thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. like I have been on my feet all day. No, that's true. But you chose, to, you chose to wear the boots. Yes, that's you true. have not. That's I saw you sitting down interviewing Sergio I Perez. Did, I did. I interviewed Checo today. I interviewed Logan and I did sit down. You're right, for 10 minutes. So, yeah, sorry. Um, so I had Don't believe boots. anything he says on this podcast. None I've of it. had these gold shoes that I had painted for Monaco this year. Um, and I had some pink shoes. For the first time, I've painted my own shoes. So I spray painted them for the first time. Um, and everyone gave me a load of abuse for them and said it was the worst things they've ever seen, which I thought was pretty harsh. Um, I haven't seen them myself, so I no. won't back it up. Oh, something's Wasn't happened that in the good football. a story? <laughs> <laughs> They're really good shoes, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Really good they must absolutely yeah. love it, right? <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I've had a wicked day at the circuit. Kota, I don't know if you guys are going to be going all weekend, but it's an awesome venue. If you've been before, agree? Awesome venue? Yeah. I definitely say it's one of my favourites to visit, and I'm not just saying that because we're in Austin now, but when we were thinking about when we were going to do a live event, we wanted it to be somewhere that we love to come and where we feel like when we come to the city, people love Formula One. Mm. And I genuinely get this vibe that when I come here, there's a lot of love for Formula One. Yeah, and like we were just in Doha, for example, and you get... <laughs> you, you get a <laughs> well, there goes next year's okay, Doha live show. Then I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, that was the original plan for a live show was in Doha. But you drive from Doha up to the LaSalle circuit and you maybe see four people in F1 kit. You know, you drive past the big empty World Cup stadium that has, like, it's completely empty. Well, you come here, even if you're here on Tuesday, Monday, whatever it is, it's just packed full of F1 people, which is awesome. Um, And for some reason, eventually, people have let us do this, which I think is complete madness. But that's why Austin's awesome. Well, it was Doha, wasn't it, that a year or two ago, you had, two years ago, that you were given Stefano's suite. Lawrence works for Formula One, by the way, if nobody knows, and he quite often is mistaken with the access he gets to hotel rooms for Stefano Domenicali, because <laughs> did, you not have, did you not have like a disco ball and... No, that was in Zanvoort. In Zanvoort, I had a sauna, I had a hot tub, I had a disco ball, I had a mannequin to dress up the, with the outfit that I was going to wear each day. 
Oh, it was sensational. That was the best room I've ever stayed in. That but was then, tremendous. You got close this year in Doha, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. In Doha, I had like a two-bedroom apartment uh, with a separate study. It was a palace. Uh, it was a palace. With three showers. It had three showers, three bathrooms. It was just me in the room. And it was sensational. Again, not a diva. This guy, genuinely. No. Oh, hang on. So not every single hotel is like that hotel. We go to some ropier locations. No, you're right. When he says 24 races, <laughs> easy. Yeah. Which is your favourite race from a hotel perspective while we're here? <laughs> we don't all stay in your hotels. Mate. It's bed, desk, door for the rest of us. Yeah, let's let's do it. I do have a I do have a sofa this year, so you know, maybe I'm and a bed. Well yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. On top of the other three things I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, sleep on the desk this year. It's been fun. That is one of the things with F1 for the people that work in F1 here that'd be like, we know, but you do hop around a lot from airport to hotel to track. And then you get to do some cool stuff like this. But yeah, some of the places you stay in are decidedly ropey. Unless you're like the top level execs, you get sometimes put in some dodgy, <laughs> you're, you're fine. But the rest of us get put in some dodgy places. Um, I'm, I think the better question is the worst hotel. Worst hotel story in F1. Um, I have one. Okay, um, Sochi, have anyone seen the Truman Show? <laughs> Uh, every morning I woke up in Sochi, the same guy walked past my hotel room. Even if it was 9.17, 10.55, 11.40, he always walked past and he was like, good afternoon, good evening and good night. And I was like, uh, okay, this is weird. Went downstairs, same receptionist on, whatever time of day. Um, and I think we were staying in the same place and we both felt like we were being like, surveilled throughout the, the, the trip. Yeah. That was weird. And I never went back to Sochi after that. Didn't, didn't want to go back. Yeah, it's just a shame we've lost that. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Meanwhile, Laz was staying with Putin during the trip. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, was that was not true. <laughs> that was before. That was yeah. That was before. No way. No, for clarity, no. Yeah, just to clarify, happen. that was not true. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. When people listen back to this tomorrow on Spotify, they're like, "I swear there was a joke about Putin at some point." It's like, Why is that not in there anymore? I love that you think they're going to listen back to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. keep, even keep listening now. it be crazy. Um, do you have a bad hotel story? Um, I've had a couple. When I worked for Autosport, I had, when we were sharing rooms, we had a bathroom with no door on it. That's pretty bad, right? Who, it depends who you were sharing with. Uh, a former colleague, <laughs> Ben Anderson. <laughs> yeah, sorry, actually, does no, it? Does, well, that's, sorry, that sounded weird. I didn't mean that to be... Do you rank people in level of, I would share a room without a bathroom door with you? <laughs> I can't deny that now, can I? Does it? it seems like I do. Hang on, I've only so ever stayed with Lawrence Edmondson. So exactly, I was about to say Lazo. He's, now, good he's luck. Now looking at me like, what the, f what the hell? <laughs> yeah, we always had a shower. Yeah, we did, we did. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's pretty. So that great. was pretty bad. Um, I stayed in that same hotel in Sochi when the toilet wasn't glued to the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. pretty bad. I think just Sochi just generally was probably the worst place on earth uh, <laughs> whenever we were there. That was awful. Um, this is why we love Austin so much. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's night and day difference, this place. So much more fun. Yeah. Is your toilet glued down here? <laughs> how many, and how many toilets do you have glued I've down? I've just got one toilet one. here, yeah, nice. which, is, which is sufficient. So that's and that's why good. it's your worst hotel story, because you've only got one. <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> yeah. Number three they had two weeks ago. Anyway, we've really done too much toilet oh, chat. Yeah, sorry. You, you into Checo and Logan and hurt your back. Uh, yes. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, that was my day. You uh, no, it was great to interview Checo today because I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like he's been under a lot of pressure this year. I don't know how you guys think he's been performing so far this year. And oh, we've got one thumbs down over so there. Thumbs up or thumbs down? So thumbs up for if you've game. done well. Thumbs up if you think. Shoot, there's no thumbs up. Thumbs down. <laughs> there's some very generous like thumbs in the middle though, which I don't quite understand. I All right, so one. people think Checo's done a bad job this year. Yeah, but what really came out today was that I felt like he's got a bit of fight in him. Like, he, he wants to stick around for a long time. There's been a, a lot of rumours that he wants to retire, that he's kind of given up, that he feels like maybe he's not done enough. But today I felt like there was a lot more fight in him. Whether or not he's going to get the chance to is a different matter. But I think there was a lot of fight in there today. Yeah, he said, he said that the rumours were totally wrong mm -hmm. and that he 100% will be at Red Bull next year. But then quite often said that, in the sense of I have a contract and there's no reason for me not to fulfill it. So 
no reason for me not to fulfil it. So I think he's aware that it's maybe not his decision if like next year's not going so well, if they wanted to make a change. But yeah, apparently, though I don't know if anyone saw it, there's a rumour on Reddit, I think, that Checo was going to retire next week in Mexico. Very strongly denied today. At the very least, it means you know that everyone is bullshitting you if next week it happens, because we were, <laughs> we were strongly told today it's not happening. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. So no. I disagree about the fight thing, because I don't think we ever see Perez show any fight on track. It's quite easy to show fights. You today. used to call him the Mexican Minister for Defence. <laughs> I wow, didn't call him that. Look, Sorry, everyone. Uh, I, look, that was a long, that was a long time ago. That was a long, long time ago. Um, but no, like it's easy to come out on a Thursday and say all of this stuff, but he doesn't back it up on the track, right? So, I don't, I don't think it's that impressive. If he comes out and he wins this weekend or he's on the podium, then fair play. But we've heard him do this quite a lot. With, you know. He's come out very strongly on Thursdays. He's been refuting rumours. He's been saying, look, I'm fine. You know, I'm, you know, I just need to get things together. And then he spun out in the, you know, in the first qualifying segment. So, I don't know. I know, that, I know that he was on the back foot today, but I don't think he could have said anything else. So, I'm more than happy for this to age like milk as well, <laughs> I'm saying, because, you know, Austin, Mexico. We were saying this, weren't we, on the way? I think we were talking about it. If, if Perez can't get his act together... Well, he doesn't Sergio agree Perez with Sergio Perez on, on route, as we speak. Struggling to disagree. How do I shut that guy up? Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My man. He's one of the guys who gave me 10 as well. So, um, no, but like, if, if he can't get it together in Austin and in Mexico, then you've got to wonder where he's going to get it together. So I do hope he does. But until I see it, I don't think I don't, I, I don't think I buy it. I honestly think the real issue for him is if Lewis beats him to P2 in the championship. Yeah, I think so. I think if a Mercedes beats a Red Bull in the championship over the course of the season, I think you're in trouble. And from the place he was in, where he was comfortably second. Absolutely. So not yeah. only did he have the car that would get him there, he had the buffer to stay there if he falls away. But I can't see him falling away from second. It's a I lot of know. points. It's 30 points? Yeah, it's, 30 it's points. quite a, it's a lot way. of points. I don't think he, he... There's no way he can if he's... If he stays clean, I don't, I don't think so. Well, so you interviewed him today. Let's see how that ages. So because you interviewed him today, yes. you're pro Checo today. <laughs> and because you didn't, you're not. Yeah, so exactly. who did you interview today that you're pro? Uh, interviewed Lando today, pro Lando today. Um, and actually, this sounds, really, this sounds like I'm a complete slacker. I saw Josh Cruz, interviewed him earlier. Um, I only interviewed Lando. That was the only bit of work I did today. Did you not interview Yuki? Oh, I did, actually. Sorry. Yuki. Apologies. Apologies, Yuki. Sorry, Yuki. How Yuki. do you guys work with him? <laughs> <laughs> this is my first and last live appearance on, uh, on um, Yeah, Yuki, but Yuki was for like two minutes because we uh, jumped in late. But yeah, Lando was in great spirits as well. If you compare where he was even six months ago, I mean, especially last year here, but in Bahrain this year, there was nothing really to be happy about McLaren. He's now, I wouldn't say he's super happy. I think Oscar's getting under his skin a bit, but it was a good interview. You know, he seems pretty, pretty chilled out. So do you guys find as well that if, if a driver's in a bad mood, it sours your short-term opinion on them. I think we've talked about that before. Like if, if it's, because I've had a few bad interviews with Checo as well. So I think that that's probably where I'm, where I'm at right now. No. But no one has a bad interview with you. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> you, you had a bad interview with Nico Hulkenberg as well, didn't you? Yeah, years ago. Yeah, and yeah. you think you two have proper beef yeah, because of it. Yeah, and every time he even just looks at me, I'm like, he hates me. But I don't think he, I don't think he actually really gives a no knowledge of the situation yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. In his head, he's like, who's that guy who keeps looking at me and whispering stuff? Uh, but I'm just like, man, my nemesis is here. But yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't think he registers at all. Like me. He doesn't yeah, register yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you hold the beef. I don't think it's even beef. I just, I just want him to like me. I just want him to know me. Oh, no. I want I'm him sure to recognize he likes me. you, mate. Yeah. He just well, wouldn't talk to you if he didn't like you. Uh, Stu, yeah, Stu, <laughs> Stu says no. No chance. <laughs> Someone who works with Nico is like, no chance. Yeah, well, what gonna... else? It's not all he, that's not all he, no. all he did. Well, to be fair, you said that about like having ratty drivers or something. I did an event with Nico in Singapore this year and checked his manager about it. He says Nico's really like focused on his travel plans and wanting to make sure he flies at the right time and he's got the right value for money out of his flight, but that he arrives well rested. And he said one of them is like Thursday is media day. So we've all been at the track doing interviews today. Obviously no track action or anything fun, but we get to do sort of the preview work. And he said, if you fly in, Wednesday, you have a nice meal, chilled out, good night's rest before go to the track. Okay, you've left home a day earlier, so some people don't like doing that, but you're in a good frame of mind. And he said, but we could fly in on a Thursday where we've got up at 4 a.m. to get, uh, this is like a European race, so two, three hour flight. Got up at 4 a.m. to get in, land in the morning, go straight to the track. And you're tired and you just really can't be bothered. And you're faced with this face. And 
<laughs> Nate's face for anyone actually listening later. Um, and, and he asks you a question you don't really like and you don't give a very good answer to it. But genuinely, then Nate's there going like, oh, he's a bit of a dick, isn't he? Like, and all because he had to get up or, through his own fault it, like his travel planning and they said it makes a difference because it puts you on the back foot with kind of the impression people have of you and then uh, dare I say it like we're in a kind of position we've got to be careful because the way we then report stuff if you're critical of someone fans will become maybe critical or believe you know follow that or you'll shape their belief a bit and that all could slightly be stemmed from genuinely the mood they were in on the, on the Thursday when they woke up so drivers do think of this sort of thing but then that trade-off they're making is do I go a day earlier and keep the media happy. Not quite, but, you know, be in a better mood Thursday. That's obviously but, their priority. Yeah, but leave home a day earlier. Or do I go, you know, have an extra night at home so my family are happy, but I actually might, in the public eye, not look so good. So, well, way to make me feel like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that that is my job. Yeah, it? that was all very reasonable. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll concede. I'll concede. Shields up. Where's Ben? Is he in here yet? Is Ben Hunt here? No. no? Of course not. Unbelievable. My nickname is The Shield because I always do the, yeah, but you got to think of this. you got to think of that. And Ben loves Ben Hunt, who writes the Sun. Nobody boo. Um, he. There you go. Uh, That's all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so yeah, he he loves to remind me that I am the Shield. So that was me shielding. That was very shieldy. Mm. Uh, very shieldy. But um, I've got nothing to say, Lawrence. He's That's just okay. Completely That's okay. So there's been evidence. The there's been evidence that you've done some work today. It, small there's, evidence, but there, there is some. There's yeah, evidence yeah. that I've done some work today. So what have you done today, Meadows? I've actually got quite a good story. Oh, good. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if you listen to the show, a staple of not just the show, but just knowing Chris is that he tells some very long stories. Dave Presley's going to the bar because he knows. He's, done, he's, he's, he's listened to these before. Meadows, the floor is yours. How long is it going to be? Minute? Two? Three? We'll see. <laughs> um, so earlier today, Williams announced a new partnership and they had a huge monster truck on the track at turn 12 that looked very cool, but the bonnet was like two fists. So um, there's a photo actually, Philip Horton's here somewhere, um, who fist bumped. <laughs> and, um, oh, there you are. Yeah, oh, I, get out there. Um, and yeah, probably if you do a, a fist bump right now, that against a monster truck was feeble. <laughs> I, don't think, um, I don't think the crowd needed a demonstration. Well, just, just <laughs> Everyone's like, what? A what? <laughs> yeah. A fist bump? I've never heard of one of those. This is America. Anyway, so they oh, did sorry, this announcement and you had to get shuttled over there from outside their garage. So I got to their garage to get the shuttle and just part, like hung up outside, like all teams do with their bodywork, was the engine cover for the Williams this weekend, which was just an American flag. That was the whole engine cover. And I was like, that's cool. We haven't seen that yet. You haven't announced anything, and it's right there. So straight away, take a photo. And Williams like, no, 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 no. We haven't announced that. We haven't re revealed it yet. We haven't shown anyone. I'm like, you've put it outside in the public, <laughs> as in any fans coming for a pit lane walk or someone in the grandstand. They were. It was right there. They weren't hiding it, and they were panicking. And I don't like to upset people, so I was like, look, you know, if you want, I won't. But what harm's it going to do if I, you know, say, oh, look at this. This must be interesting. So eventually they were like, oh, you might get some trouble, but if we haven't seen you here, I won't name names, so like, if we haven't seen you here, then you know, we can't stop you, and you're right, it's, in the, it's out there in the open. So I did it and posted this tweet, and then I said that, oh, I promise it'll get a good reaction. Fans like deliveries, right? Probably, um, unless you're a tech journalist, best part of a car is delivery. Let's just leave it there. Um, but there's all these special liveries we've got this week and I was like that's quite cool so they let me tweet it and it was getting a bit of traction and then it turned out the message came down from the Williams board well Doralton board that they needed to share my posts because they were like this is getting some interesting traction fans like it like boost it so they went from panicking to a board call to repost my tweet today no way yep so I influenced the Williams board just just, that that might be the most remarkable thing you've ever done. Yeah. Yep. That is, I was see, I was really ready to make fun of you, but that is actually pretty impressive. I mean, it's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. Really, to say yeah, those yeah. words, but that's I mean, as far as it'll ever go. But I'm taking it. I'm running with it. How many How many followers do you have now? You like to judge it in yeah stadiums. I don't think you've hit Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Two hundred forty-five thousand. Yeah. Okay. So Meadows can fill every stadium in the world with his followers, except the Indi Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Because I think that's 2,600? I like don't know. 2,500? So, I think that's right. So you're close. Um, but yeah. I mean, and obviously Williams are in there listening to whatever stadium it is. Yeah. 
But then you, t- yeah, exactly, yeah. Two thousand six hundred was a little bit small, that's wasn't what it? I like, thought you that's said. what I was frowning at him. I was letting yeah, him. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. I wonder why people. I mean, I don't wonder why people are looking at me weird. <laughs> but yeah, the guy wearing a cap that says sports. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not maths though, so yeah. it doesn't say maths. Yeah, sorry. Two hundred and sixty thousand yeah. fans. We'll get there one day. Well, that was. Can we? We can edit that out. For people not listening to this? Absolutely not. Yeah? Okay. You know we never edit, any, edit anything out of this podcast. Uh, We're going to do about another 20 minutes. Um, so if you're getting thirsty, either go to the bar or... Sorry, you've got about 20 more minutes <laughs> of us talking at you. Um, but yeah, uh, you. What, how many are you on then? Which stadium do you fill? Uh, so I just want to fill Portman Road, which is Ipswich Town Stadium. I think I'm 25,000. You might need to explain that to the oh, audience. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Ipswich, Ipswich my, my, my team stadium. It's 30,000. Soccer And team. I'm not saying 300,000. I do mean 25, <laughs> 25,000. I think it's 25. You must have more than me by quite, by quite a way. I don't, actually, I don't actually know. So humble. You have people I that look you, for I you, think, don't you? No, I, I do. Just, I don't know. What are we on Twitter? What are we talking about Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. X. X formerly X, known as sorry, Twitter. X. See, this is how often I'm on it. Um, X currently known as 50, 50, <laughs> Twitter currently known as X. I can't do numbers. 50,300. Oh, yeah, okay. Much more than me. What do you mean you can't do numbers? Do you mean you can't well, read? I was, no, I was just panicking because Nate couldn't do numbers and then I was looking at the number going, don't Nate do a Nate. Nate can do numbers is a good uh, tagline for this <laughs> podcast, I think. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, what else have you been up to this week? We were trying to keep this Formula One-ish at times. Yesterday, you got to see something cool. Yeah, so yesterday I did a couple of cool things. Um, we went down to Alan's Boots on South Congress. Big fans, anyone? No. No. <laughs> Alan's Boots. You went to a tourist hotspot and they're judging you. There are zero you. fans oh, of boots. Is here. that not the place to get cowboy boots? Yes, it is. It is. Thank you, thank you, thank, <laughs> thanks. Like that. So for Sunday morning, uh, we are going to release a video where Valtteri Bottas and Joe Guan Yu dressed each other up in cowboy outfits. They are really, they're just really nice people. Um, and they basically had free reign of the show there for the shot. Formula One put the money up to pay for their outfits. So they were like, this is great. And uh, they've gone and dressed each other up. So they've got each other Stetsons, uh, cow- cowboy boots. I didn't know in that store you can get cowboy boots made out of ostrich, hippo, shark, python, and elephant. Which I don't know you- how I feel about Dumbo, like, giving up. <laughs> You know. But the rest you're fine with. No, well, all, all elephants. Dumbo and all elephants, yes. you don't want to. <laughs> I mean, that's good to know. But which, which of those animals would you most be willing to wear on your no, feet? No, I don't want to wear an animal on my foot. Okay, I fundamentally disagree with that. I don't know how you guys feel. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I thought you were leading into being like, but I would wear X, Y, Z. Now this feels like dangerous territory, so... Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. It was. No. We're not positioned to comment on that sort of stuff. No, no, no. So that's a cool feature. And then also, Nate and I went down to the Oracle building... Uh, for Red Bull to unveil their livery for this weekend. We did. Was anyone else here for that? Because was it open? Yeah. There we go. And it was, I mean, that was pretty awesome. One Red Bull fan. (laughs) Yeah. They helicoptered it in. And I have a fundamental phobia of helicopters. I don't think I'm ever going to get in one. One of the least safe vehicles you can have. I think. (laughs) Vehicles. Major transport, yeah. But it then flies over where Lawrence and I are with a Red Bull car hanging from it so not only do you have a pretty dangerous sorry if there's any helicopter fans in here <laughs> vehicle carrying another very heavy vehicle in and I turned to Lawrence and I was like this is could this could be how we die today it wasn't thankfully <laughs> thankfully when I was uh, but as I said I saw your face drop and you moved slightly back <laughs> which I thought was great <laughs> which would have made no difference yeah but I gotta say as livery launches go and especially as it was just for um the stars and stripes I've got on the side it's pretty great, you know, to, to go that far out. I don't know, have people seen that? That Red Bull, yeah, the Red Bull livery? I think it's just cool that the teams are doing cool stuff again. Like, yeah. back in the day, yeah. do you remember car launches? Renault brought in a, their car on a boat. Do you remember they did that yeah, in Venice? Right. Like, one of the teams launched with the Spice Girls there. Yeah, do you remember McLaren. that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Last time a Spice Girl was <laughs> relevant in Formula One. 
Because Christian Horn is married to one. <laughs> yeah, well done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Thanks for explaining Just that so. to me. <laughs> but well, well, we started doing this podcast back in 2020, 2020 because we couldn't go and do anything cool. We couldn't yeah. even leave our houses at that point. And we would reminisce about that stuff. And it has completely, in the years since, actually certainly here as well, I think partly down to the Netflix effect, partly down to the timing of that during the pandemic to let people watch it. But now, most cool stuff, most cool stuff happens in America, I'd yeah. say. F1 related. I'm not giving you everything. Well, Danny Rick F1. was driving a Red Bull show car in Nashville the other day, wasn't he? Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. Oh, oh yeah, everyone happy to see Danny back. Ricardo fans in here, yeah. We, speaking of which, we had a pretty cool moment with Danny earlier, didn't we? When the three of us were planning this show, and I say planning quite loosely, we basically sat together and just said, we're doing a show later, aren't we? And um, I think Ricardo was saying something to you about jeans or baggy yeah, jeans. Yeah, so I came been, over to us. So all day I've been tucking my jeans into cowboy boots, and apparently that's a no, yeah, that's a no no. But I really like the pattern on the top of the boots. And also, I like skinny jeans, so I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be able to put them over. This will be really hurting him. This is fashion, like telling him he got it wrong. This will really be hurting him. Yeah. So for the third time today, Danny Ricks was like, "Mate, you're wearing the jazz rug." I was like, "I can't go shopping midway through the day." <laughs> I like thought you just some bought some jeans. extra jeans with you just in case, like you needed them. <laughs> exactly. So he came over to give us some grief. Yeah. Um, and then Meadows, because you you broke the same bone in your hand. Did yeah on not my at the same time, that right hand. Am I going to do this now? So I've still got the the lump from it yeah, because he asked of the way you it how long it's going to go down. And yeah, so but because he's had his properly repaired, he doesn't have that, which means he's going to be fine. But I can't make a full fist yet. He can't either. So his hand looks like that when he clenches his fist. But with some physio, his will get back to normal. Mine's harder because it's got further to go with the tendons and stuff over the top of the bone. But he was, he was looking at it like, oh my God, am I left like this forever? It's like, no, you, you'll be fine. Mainly because you have access to the world's best surgeons and I had no surgery. So. And he, but he does get a pretty cool scarf. It's well a pretty, it is cool, scar, isn't yeah. it? It is yeah. pretty yeah. cool. Did you, you don't have anything like that on your hand. Ah, so this was good though. So then while we were there, uh, a journalist called Dan Knutson was with us. Yep. Um, legendary journalist who's, who's worked in Formula 1 for decades. Uh, I think he's got one of the passes that you get when you've done 500 races. I mean, you can come to every race forever. And uh, Dan was stood there next to him. And, and Ricardo came over and was like, Dan, great to see you. I haven't seen you so long. It's been a long time. Because Dan hasn't been well, so hasn't been at races. And, and Dan says, uh, oh, you know, we both went under the knife this, this year. And yeah, Ricardo... And like, oh, yeah, and, and, and Daniel... Dan and Daniel, isn't it? But Daniel was like, yeah, you know, it's, like, it's not too bad. And Dan lifts his leg up where he's had it amputated from just below the knee because of an infection that he had. And genuinely, Ricardo's jaw just dropped. And it stayed there for a good 20 seconds. Now, there's a lot of people around who were trying to, like, move him on to other things and stuff. And they were like, you know, you're getting in the way of his day. And they're suddenly like, whoa, like, just stand back and let his... I mean, a few of you have done it now. You Like, his jaw was on the floor. And he just stared at him, but... To be fair to like the empathy, like these drivers are yeah. Yeah, superstars, but he was looking at Dan for so long and he was like, like how bad was it? What happened? Like, are you all right now? How are you getting on? He like, would have stayed there forever until someone did actually come and drag him away. But he, then he was like, I won't use the word he used, but it's like, I feel like a fraud. Let's say fraud. Um, <laughs> for what I've been through. Um, which he was told, I think, uh, Fabio Quattararo, the MotoGP rider, yep. saw what Daniel was having done, and he's like, dude, just get over yourself and get back driving. Like, MotoGP riders are another... So he already had that in his head, but when he saw what Dan had been through, he was like, all right, I can't complain ever about what I've had. Um, but yeah, that's... We don't, you don't always get to see, like, the empathy the drivers kind of have, certainly for people they see a lot, and it was um, certainly quite a touching moment today. Yeah, it was, and I think because Dan Knudsen's dealt with Daniel Ricciardo for quite a while, going back to Toro Rosso days, so I think there is a genuine kind of relationship there. And that actually is one thing with Ricardo that you do see, you hear as well. I remember during lockdown, um, we, lockdown was pretty weird as a journalist because you basically kept logging onto Zoom calls and it was a pretty depressing time because no one wanted to be on Zoom. Everyone wanted to be there in person. You guys remember what it was like. And we were going to these Zoom calls and the drivers had just been like in a you know, super adrenaline filled race and they're going to a very sterile environment on on Zoom, and it was after Grosjean, it was the, the race after Grosjean's crash in Bahrain, and if you remember, Ricardo was really upset with the, the replays being shown while they were waiting to restart the race. And so the, you know, the questions were going around, you know, what, you know how do you, have you spoken to F1, what do you think? And he went around the room on Zoom and he said, well, it was like, Nate, what did, what did you think about what I said? And I remember being so thrown by that, because you don't usually get asked a question by a driver. 
And I kind of get, I, you know, fumbled my way through an answer. And then I thought, like it was like, yeah, I know. Uh, and then he went to, you know, he went to somebody else, he went to somebody else, and he was genuinely sat there and just listening to what other people thought about it. And I think with Ricardo, that's quite rare. You don't get that with other drivers. So the cool thing with Ricardo is that the, the guy you see on Netflix, you know, the happy-go-lucky guy, there is actually a pretty big heart there, I think, as well, which is, which is pretty cool. And I know you've got some really cool stories with him as well. Yeah, I think he's just genuinely is a genuinely nice person. Like, you'd want to go down to the yeah. pub with him. Uh, we've hung out with him in Baku. Do you remember that one year when he was the ambassador for the Azerbaijan Oh, yeah, well done, Baku. Yeah. Well done, Baku. And he wants to know about you. He wants to find out about you. He wants to genuinely be around you. And a lot of times when you're interviewing people, you do the interview, then it's done, and then everyone goes on with their lives. But like today when he came over and he wanted to have a chat, and he'll ask if he's heard that you're unwell, or he's heard that something's happened, he'll come over and seek you out. And not everyone does that. So he's like one of my favorite people in Formula One. He's just such a genuine person. Yeah. Now then, we've got about 10 more minutes we're gonna do, and to see how genuine all three of us are. If anyone's got any questions they wanna ask, we'll try and be brutally honest or honest or brutal one of the, <laughs> one of the three um, if you don't have one don't worry about it but it was if you, if you don't have one we've got to fill at you all for half an hour uh, so um, we thought we'd like kind of let people ask questions if you want to and either shout at us or we can actually uh, Lawrence will go around with the mic I'm going to make you yes, running I, I, yeah um, I can do that but yeah feel free just to wave if you actually want to ask anything but um, on yeah of course you can so Lawrence what is your favourite track i guess to report from with the the f1 team that you report with like will and laura which track? yeah which favorite? um singapore is my favorite um it's a wicked night <coughs> event austin um <laughs> <laughs> thank well, you, thank you, you started <laughs> by saying it has to be honest right yeah right? yeah true um, I do love Austin. Austin is my top three. But Singapore is my favourite because you see Formula One cars at night under the lights. They look pretty spectacular. There's some pretty epic places you can go and present from. So you can go up onto the, the big wheel that they've got and you can commentate and watch the cars go around as you're going around in that area. There's loads of great viewing spots around that venue. Quite cool balconies, terraces. So you can see a lot of what's going on. Um, and I also like the quirky time zone because it's the race where it gives time back. So everyone's, for whatever reason, around a little bit more. The drivers are super relaxed. They're up early. They're out and about. People are happy to be at that race. Uh, there's a lot to do. So yeah, that was probably, in terms of an enjoyment of the event, that's my favorite. And I don't know, I'd have to ask Will and Nora what they think, but I reckon they'd be reasonably supportive of that. I think they say any race you're not at. Say again? I think they say any race you're not at is their favorite. <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. We'll have to ask them tomorrow, and we'll reveal on the next episode. Oh, what a, what a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, yeah. any other questions? Yeah, hi, great podcast. I've got two questions. Which driver has impressed you the most this season, and which team has impressed you the most this season? Nate, yeah, ask, Nate, do you want to go first? Oh, damn, I was going to jump in. Oh, are you? Go on I think driver-wise would probably be Piastri. Yeah. Just like, you know, Zach Brown went to court to get him. So you think that there's obviously some, there's obviously some potential there. But um, going against Lando, I think, and it was similar. It was, it's kind of a flipped situation to, you guys remember when Ricardo joined McLaren, all the questions that Lando got was like, how are you going to raise your game to face Ricardo? Which in hindsight was kind of funny because it, the, it went the way it did. Oscar was kind of our similar, right, this year. It was kind of like you got an established teammate and the result hasn't been the same as Lando v. Ricardo, but Piastri's right there and I think he's maybe starting to get under Lando's skin a bit as well, just because, I mean, he's won a sprint race before Lando's won a race. Um, and yeah, I, I, I didn't really, I'm quite, these guys will tell you, I'm quite skeptical when if people are hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped, I like to just say, no, they're gonna be, they're gonna be terrible. Um, but he's been amazing. And I think actually McLaren, if they can get Lando long-term, that's probably the best driver lineup, you know, for the, for the, for the long-term. So I know you said team as well. Well, I'd, I'd probably just roll it on and say McLaren. If you think about where they were and where they, where they are now, uh, probably, uh, probably one of the biggest turnarounds the team's had in F1, certainly that I can remember going from, basically in, in Bahrain, we were thinking, 
well, McLaren aren't going to finish in the top 10 all season, to this team might challenge Red Bull next year. Um, so I'd say those two. Yeah, I still good about that today because it was so weird to think of where they started. And then we were saying in the last race, you won the sprint. And he was like, yeah, we went on pace. We, we were over that short distance. We were just quicker. Max was there and we kept him at bay. Um, kind of avoiding the boring bit of Red Bull and Verstappen because you've got to take it out of them. You know, they are still doing a hell of a job. But, um, and Max's consistency has been insane for most of this year. But I do think it's sometimes harder to perform consistently at a high level. A, as a rookie, which is what's been so impressive about Oscar. Um, but B, yeah, in a, in a more competitive part of the field. So... Yeah, I kind of, boringly, I'm going to actually agree. It's rarely happened Very rare as well. that that happens, so um, good question. Like but yeah, like. on, on both fronts. Um, but the, there's a little caveat with McLaren in the, in the fact that they did start so badly. That's what makes it look so good now. But they are still behind Aston Martin. And if you think of the way we're talking about them, I imagine you guys think it too. Aston Martin look like they're in trouble at the moment and that they're not doing well. But the way they started was incredible. It was so good, but it, like recency bias isn't it like comes into it so because yeah. also like Aston's Aston's start was pretty amazing even though it's not been great yeah. like you would you would still say that's up there and where they came like, from last year as well yeah big yeah. step so but yeah I think I think same sadly and uh, Fernando said today that Aston has scored 197 more points at this point than they had last year so if you think about the step that they've made anyway even yeah. if they've tailed off towards the end um, who, who are your two? I'm not going to agree with both of you. Like, I think Oscar's been pretty phenomenal. Um, but I, 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 I don't know, this is going to be a dull answer, maybe. But I think Max has just been the best. Like, it's, it's all well and good having the best car, but you have to go out every single race weekend yeah. and be the best and do it and make no mistakes. And he's made no mistakes this year. I know Singapore had a, it was a tough weekend for Red Bull. Um, but even but then, I think he, he was P5, wasn't fifth, he? Yeah, yeah that was actually one of, I thought that was one of his best performances because in a really tough car for that weekend, only the only time it's been a tough car, he still had the same margin to Checo. He, so, he was, what, a tenth behind Leclerc at the line? Like, he didn't throw his toys out the pram. He just got on and did the best job he could with that car. And afterwards, everyone expected him to be like, you must be fuming, you've, you, know, you haven't won. Like, you've been winning all the time, you're used to winning, you must be fuming. And he's like, no, like, I did a pretty good job. Like, the car was probably good enough for fifth and I nearly got fourth I'm quite happy like that was that attitude was really good alright we get the hint <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's the best season we've ever seen from every, any driver ever so I think from that perspective and then I'm going to go the same for Red Bull as well Ooh. I just think Red Bull have been phenomenal this year no oh hang on we back it's a Lewis to the Hamilton fan on the lights I think <laughs> just turning it down yeah. but it has yeah. though like no yeah. one has been this dominant have they no I think I agree with you actually yeah I just I know there's the reason I know there's like a bit of recency bias, but I just, he hasn't made a mistake. He's been phenomenal. No, but then Lewis didn't make a mistake for a long time during his main run of success. No, but he, and he did admittedly have a tougher competition from Bottas and Rosberg relative to what Checo's done to Max. Yeah. So I take that point. But no, I still think Max has been. And there was still most years of the Mercedes years where there were a couple of races, three, four, where another team were quick enough to win a race to, or be a threat which we've really not seen, apart from Carlos, obviously, in Singapore, which yeah. you must have been delighted with. Uh, yeah, I was delighted that he'd won that race, yes. Your, your favourite race and your favourite squash uh, yes. partner. Yeah, but that wasn't, why, that wasn't why I picked Singapore, because he won in Singapore. Okay. I love Singapore. Sure. Um, but I, I do enjoy playing squash against Carlos because I beat him most of the time, so yes, that's true. <laughs> I like, how, how many people get to say you get beat an elite athlete at sport, even if it's not their number one sport? So how many times that. has he beaten you? <laughs> He's only beaten me once ever. So he got to say it then? He did that once, yeah. Now he got to say beat an I was elite tired athlete then. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true. But, but just quickly, second driver that I think has been really good this year is Yuki Sonoda. I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me. Yeah. But I, I think Yuki's been sick this year. I think he's properly delivered. All he had to do, he was asked to beat Nick DeVries. He went out and beat Nick DeVries. He's performed very strongly against Danny Rick in those two races that he had just before the summer break. Yeah. And I think he's done a good job after the summer break. And I think if that Alpha Terry had been better at the start of the year, he would have got way more points than I think he got three or four tenths, didn't he, I think? Yeah, Tenth yeah. places. And um, in, in the second of the two interviews I definitely remember doing earlier uh, with him, <laughs> um, I asked him about that because he's had three teammates this year, obviously, Nick DeVries, um, Daniel Ricciardo and Liam Lawson. And he said that's actually helped in a great way because he's had three basically different benchmarks. And I feel like that actually, if you look at where he might end up. I mean, he might not end up at Red Bull, might not end up, end up at Aston Martin. be interesting to see how big of a year this has been for him in terms of having that learning experience 
because you can e easily overlook that you know just say oh he's just got different teammates every week um, so I, yeah I think he overcame the pain of Josh's departure to Ferrari <laughs> uh, Josh who was down here trying to take a photo earlier uh, what's for Ferrari now it's, it's the guy that Yuki did the radio message to in Montreal when there was an was engineer slow down, that left. Yeah, uh, slow down lap and he was like, yeah, he's been my best friend uh, at the team and like he's moving on and, um, you know, good luck, Josh. It was a really nice emotional one. He's at the bar. He's the, um, tall, guy, he's the tall guy weeping at the bar. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, what was hilarious was, yeah, was it Ted Kravitz who then was like, who's this engineer that's moving from Alfa Tauri to, uh, some other people had done the same, to Ferrari and it was Josh, um, who is not thankfully an engineer, but he is very good at social media. If, um, if Lawrence can get second, I'm just going to throw another one in. I think Alex Albon has been yeah. amazing this year as well. That's a good chat. Um, I think, yeah, one good of the chat. standout guys. And um, his story is just amazing, isn't it? Like going from being basically, you think he's just going to be another Red Bull cast off and now he's back at Williams and maybe Sargent could give him a harder time. But if, even if you compare him to a more competitive teammate, I think he'd be still up there. So Yeah, no, he's been very impressive. And I think you see certain drivers like that suddenly just come into their own when they become almost like the team leader, yeah. when they're actually dominating their teammate. They, for some, you worry they maybe back off a little and they're like, well, I'm comfortable. But there's others that are like, right, every weekend you can just tell it gives them that swagger that they go and they go and do it. So, uh, any more before we wrap? Oh, two, get over there. Don't pull the water off the table, thank you. No, oh! you've done it. Oh! Great. That'll, that'll make for great podcasting. <laughs> My good? Such, such drama. Um, this is a two-parter. What drinks are you guys having right now, and are there any particular drinks you guys like to have when you're here in Austin? So, my answer is the same for both, is Shinerbock, big fan. Um, Lawrence Edmondson and I went to the brewery here, down by Gonzalez, which I would recommend. Um, yeah, we had to stay in Gonzalez a few years ago because it's so crazy here, hotel prices yeah. and like the interest. That it's a, yeah, that was an experience actually, it was quite fun. I'm on Modelo tonight just to be comfortable um, because I was panicking about tech not working, so I was like, I better not have anything too strong. But actually, yeah, some of the local breweries, I'm, I like beer too. Yeah, some of the local breweries are great. There's probably too many to try and get around, but yeah, some, some really good ones. Whereas you're the opposite, aren't you? You're not really a beer drinker, you're more a gin guy. I'm normally a gin yeah. guy, but this is actually... Here we go, gin, team gin. But in all seriousness, this is, you know one's going to believe me, this is just lime and soda. Honestly, it's just lime and soda. Why? Nate was at the bar. I've got... I've got interviews to do tomorrow, and I've got to look Haven't we good. All? Yeah, but I've got to look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to look Wait, like that. Wait, this explains so much about me. I just realised. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good. Uh, uh, drink pressure is good. Yeah, for That's like that. good. I like that. And then we got, got one as well. Pete. Be careful with the water, Pete. Thanks. Thanks so much. So you each have. Uh, other interests outside of Formula One, obviously, and I'm curious uh, with the signing of um, Kelsey and Mahomes uh, with Alpine as co-owners in a, in a new ownership group, do you have any sports um, heroes or athletes, star athletes that, that you have um, interviewed and have a funny story about? And is there a pro athlete that you'd love to see come to the paddock that hasn't come to the paddock? That's a really good question. Well, two really good questions. Um, can make us think, though. It's hard to say. It's hard to say celebrities that you'd want to see come because so many have come over the past few years. Feels like there's been. I mean, so Tom Brady would have been my pick, and he's he came Miami last year, as in to come to the panic okay. last year, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, surely your your hero. No, well, well, hero is a strong word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I I liked I liked Brady. I'm trying to think desperately. My I was always gutted. I never. I don't know if there's many tennis fans here, but I was always a big Andy Murray fan, being from from the UK. Um, never got to interview him, but did one of my first jobs. And this is a bit. This isn't exactly what um, what was asked, but I interviewed his mum, Judy Murray, and that was great. One of the best interviews I've ever done. So um, if people people, yeah, Judy's my answer. Yeah, uh, and these two are actually discussing it in detail, and I've just said Judy Murray, Andy Murray's mum. You can't confer. I just had to say Judy Murray. No, we weren't <laughs> conferring about that. We're plotting. Okay. Um, oh, I, I, oh, I know. Yeah. I can't actually think of something that answers that question so well, but I can still Sam's Sam from ESPN here uh, asking David Beckham oh, yeah. a hard-hitting question in Miami on the grid, I believe, Sam. What and was the question? What was the question you asked him? 
Uh, I asked him who you're rooting for today, David. And what was <laughs> what was David Beckham's response to that hard-hitting in, journalistic question? In your best David Beckham impression, if if you, if you can. Well, I have been watching the documentary. Uh, he said the race. <laughs> the race. Yeah. And to be fair, the race the race was the winner that day. Uh, <laughs> if you'd gone the race, it'd been like, oh, it's, it's that guy, the race. Yeah. You go on. Um, well, I think it's pretty cool that Roy McElroy is involved with the Alpine Investment Group. Yeah. So he's come to the track on Saturday and Sunday, I think. So um, I, I'm trying to get into golf. Meadows is trying to get me into golf. We're trying to get Nate collectively yeah, into anyone golf. Yeah, anyone who's listened to a single episode of this in the past, I know you weren't in the future after we keep, kept you here for so long, but um, Nate hates golf. Hates golf. <laughs> Only <laughs> slightly less than he hates us talking about golf. So we talk about it a lot. And you played at Top Golf the other day? Yeah, I was pretty good actually. So by the time we do this next year, <laughs> I'll have golf gear on, I'll be in Under Armour, we'll be talking about Rory McElroy. I think it's already started. I think you guys are right. You got me. Um, but no, Rory, I think, is going to be here, isn't he, this week? Yeah, as we yeah. So, yeah, that would be cool. And actually, to be fair, I'm going to ask everyone else a question now because of the meme from a few weeks ago. Has Travis Kelsey put Alpine on the map? Like Taylor Swift put him on the map? Or is it too. <laughs> Is it too soon to say? No, that's, um, a, that's an overwhelming no. That was yeah. a, I, I, my, yeah. my, my reactions today have been terrible. <laughs> um, but I think Kelsey would be interesting to interview. Like the, him and his brother, uh, there's a great documentary about them out at the moment. And that actually would be, they seem like the in guy, like, you know, and obviously him dating Taylor Swift would be, you know, it's obviously pretty interesting, so. Right, now you start talking about Taylor Swift on this podcast, I'm gonna call it. Yeah, uh, I think we'll let's call it. Also, because everyone must be really thirsty. That um, was our safe word, wasn't it, Taylor Swift? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Run. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to do the bit where I read off the phone the thanks because we need to do the thanks. But firstly, again, thanks to Kota for helping us like, put this together and to uh, Mayfair and the guys here for letting us just take over early as well. So Woo! thank you, guys. Um, and yeah, heads up on that. Check out their socials, which is at Mayfair Austin, if you want to see what they're doing over the weekend. And MayfairAustin.com is their website where you can, if you want to you know, get tickets to do any of their uh, entertainment nights that are coming up. And yeah, Chainsmokers is their big one on Sunday. Uh, we're basically the warm-up act for them. This is just <laughs> a very long warm-up. Uh, and also, thank you very much to Haas, uh, who have provided a couple of T-shirts, which I think are basically Gunter Steiner's face, for those yes. that asked a qu- few questions and basically meant we didn't have to prep that part of the show. So um, we'll dish those out afterwards as well. So um, yeah, thank you very much, Haas. Very kind. Thank you, Haas. Uh, and thank you everyone for coming tonight. Uh, we weren't really sure whether a live event was going to work, so we really appreciate everyone turning out tonight. It's been really cool to meet you guys. We'll spend a bit of time having a chat as well after this recording. Um, and if you fancy listening to us do this podcast remotely on Zoom, in a bar maybe later in the weekend in Austin, uh, please do follow us on our social channels at The Bad Hoc. You can read Nate's work at ESPN.com, Medis' work on Race.com, and my work on F1.com, and we will do this again very, very soon. It's way too late to hit it, but I've hit the outro music anyway, so it'll finish. But thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, guys. Network.